Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for the Friday's fresh message. Uh, before we get into it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a brief moment to share a, a word of prayer. At this time, if you would, wherever you are, may bow your heads with me for a moment. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you, give you honor, glory, and praise. And thank you for this opportunity to share a word, Father God, a message that only comes from you. We ask for you to touch those who will be receiving it. So now I pray them a blessed vessel, prepared to edify the word under your people that might receive through the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Wherever they might be, let it uplift them, encourage them. And if they don't know you in the part of sin, that they might turn from their ways and come unto you and be saved through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, by the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this effort. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, Lord. Amen. I'd like to, become, I'd like to come to you today from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 12, verses 46 through 50. That's again, Matthew 12, verses 46 through 50. And I'm going to be coming to you from uh, the New King James Version. And it reads, While he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, Lord, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to, to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. May God have a blessing to the hearers and doers of his holy word. I'd like to tab the text in which to speak this message on how to be a member of God's family, how to be a member of God's family. Oftentimes, we want to be members of different types of societies and association for different uh, statuses and things that are, that are in our lives. But the eternal uh, status we need to be looking at is being a part of God's family. That's the only way that you can receive eternal life. And the only way you can do that is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who come and die for all of our sins and our shortcomings. And whether you might be saved or not saved, it doesn't matter. This is a family that you need to be a part of. This is a family you need to be a member of. And I pray that today's message, you, it, be, it touches you in a way that you understand that some of the things that you deal with and go through in life and, you, and how you came to know Christ, Jesus went through those same things. So as you look at this 46 verse, it says, while he was talk, still talking to, the, to multitudes, behold, his mother and his brothers stood outside seeking to speak with him. So I want to give you a little backdrop as to why they were seeking him. If you go over to Mark chapter 3, verse 21, it says this. But, when, he, but when, when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold on him, for they said he is out of his mind. You see, the Lord's mother and brothers thought Jesus was out of his mind because the ministry was taking a turn to where he was working on his authority and is in his ministry and sometime whenever you turn from the world and turn your and give your life over to Christ people are going to say you done lost your mind especially when the Lord starts to use you in a way that they're not used to you operating in by the anointing of the Holy Spirit so you have to understand that when you when you have a supernatural God that operates within you and he starts to change your heart and change your spirit change your mind you start to walk different you start to talk different you start to act differently you have to understand that that's God changing you and the people of the world and the people around you are not used to seeing you that way. And it could be just like what happened here with Jesus. The family thought he had lost his mind. They were trying to seek him out to stop him from doing what God the Father had put on his heart to do. 
And when you become to know Christ, if you go back and those who are saved and you replay, think about your friends, think about your family who, when you got saved, they said, who are you? They were looking at you differently. They were wondering, why didn't you partake in the things of the world that you used to? Because now you're doing things are not along with what they were used to you doing. So it's a it's a natural process sometimes for you and, and as you see here with the Lord, for people to think you done lost your mind when you come to know the Lord and you start to transition. But you but you have to understand in order to be in this family, you're gonna lose some friends. You're gonna lose some family. You're gonna lose some things that are of the world that, that God is just gonna purge out of your life. And some things and some people they're gonna purge themselves out of out of your life simply because they don't agree with what you're doing or they don't want to go along with it and be a part of this family so as we get into that I wanted to explain that into you so the first point I want to make is no number one point is you got to put your hope in the Lord see when you put your hope in the Lord you have to trust trust and believe that what he says is going to come true because the word of God says his word won't return unto him void and so you see here in chat in verse 47 it says then one said to him Lord your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to, to, to speak with you. So notice they're trying to speak with him, but they're not trying to listen to him. So when you put your hope in God, you have to be choosing to hear what he has to say, regardless of what other people are saying or what other people are trying to do around you, because the Lord is trying to equip you and give you. So when you put your hope in him, you can reside in knowing that God is just not telling you anything. He's telling you something that's going to help you in life and help you to reside with him one day in eternity. I want to give you a scripture here. Isaiah 40 and 31 says this, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. You see, your strength is in the Lord. You just have to put your hope in him. You have to put your hope in his word and you have to be willing to listen to what God is saying. Because in spite of what's going on around you, yes, it doesn't mean when you get saved, things are going to be perfect. It doesn't say that everything is going to be all great all the time. You're going to go through tribulations, but you have a God that will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's why in Isaiah said, put your hope in the Lord. But also Second Timothy verses one and seven says this for the spirit of God gave us Gave, gave gave us not to make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit doesn't make us fear. It doesn't make us timid. That's the flesh that operates in that timidness, that operates in that fear. The Holy Spirit gives us power, not our own power, but God's power to overcome and trust. We just have to put our hope in it. And then he says he's going to give us that love, that care that we need in order to sustain us so we we keep the right mind. We're self-disciplined, meaning that we might still want to go and do some things that we normally would do, but the Holy Spirit governs our mind and our hearts, and it keeps us from that flesh from rising up and keeps us grounded and rooted. So that way we can we can we can operate and with God's help through His Holy Spirit. And that's what that's what the world doesn't want you to have. It doesn't want you to have that self-control through the Holy Spirit. Notice what I said through the Holy Spirit, because if you got your own self-control, that's one thing, but it's, but that operates off your opinions and what you've dealt with and things like that. When you allow the Holy Spirit to operate, then your hope is deeper in enrichment and then God can operate your mind and your actions. So that way you get a better outcome because you're doing it in accordance to God's will. Now, the second point I want to bring up is you got to put your faith in the love of God. Now notice, put your faith in the love of God. 
Now, we all seek love. We all seek someone to care for us. We all seeking someone that will do right by us, but there's no one that, can, that loves us or cares more so for us than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God sent him to die for our sins. God sent him to, to, to show us the way. God sent him to show his love. He healed. He opened the eyes of the blind. He also opened, opened up those who couldn't talk where they could talk. He done a multitude of miracles to show God's love and care and concern of the people. And even though his own people, the Israelites, they denied him, he still went to the cross and he died. And that opened the floodgates for all of us Gentiles. Because, see, if you're not actually a child, a child of, the, of the Israelites, then you're not a Jew. So you, we're the Gentiles. So you have to understand that God made a way through his son by them denying and open the floodgates where we all can receive Jesus as our Lord, Lord and Savior. We can all put our hope and love in God because he loved us enough to send his son to die for us to become sin in our place on the cross. And that's a beautiful thing. Romans 5 and 8 says this, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. See, understand, if you're saved while you are sinning, God was watching over us. And if you are a sinner right now and you're trying to figure it out, understand, in the midst of what you're going through, the reason why you have life, Christ still loves you. And he's watching over you. He's just waiting on you to make a decision to come to him. So that's a blessing for those who aren't saved and is listening to this message. God is waiting on you. He's right there. He's waiting on you to say, hey, today is the day that I'm tired of running. I'm tired of acting like I don't need Jesus in my heart and in my life. I need to go find out so I can receive, be a part of this family that gives me the love that I need through God. Because here in verse 47, it says, but he answered and said to, to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Now, I want to pause right here because when God love comes into play, he poses a question. And that question, you might say, well, why did he say that? What, he don't love his mother no more? He don't love his brothers anymore? No, he was posing that question to put a thought process in all our minds. God is not looking at who's in our bloodline. He's looking at our relationship with him. God's family requires a relationship. So if you don't love him, and you don't put forth an effort in a relationship with him, then, then the Lord can't claim you. The God, God can't claim you into this family. Much like right now today, some of you are in personal relationships with, your, with, with family members, kids, significant other husbands or whatever. Just imagine that they just tell you that they love you, but they never do nothing for you. They never present an effort to show you that they love you, an uh, effort to show you that they care. That poses a question, and that's why Jesus posed that question. He poses a question to them that they're trying to think, well, what, what does he mean? What is he saying? Because some people just look at the bloodline. No, this family requires a relationship, and you have to learn the love of God that you can't see and trust in his word and trust that he's going to give you that relationship through the Holy Spirit that's going to sustain you and help you understand and enlighten you so that way you can walk this walk and talk this talk and do it the way God says, because later on here in the scriptures, he's going to he's going to share with you why that's very, very important. But also in Psalms 86 and 15, it says this. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Now, see, God loves us so much that he won't destroy us because God, the father is still God, the father. He cannot stand sin. But because of Jesus' grace, the Lord, is, the Lord is watching over us. He sits on the right hand of the Father saying, that's mine. 
that person's mine. And he's saying that you're, you're his. But now God the Father can't stand sin. But Jesus is already claiming us and giving us that opportunity if we're not saved to be saved. Remember what I said in the, in the previous verse. While we were sinners, he's watching over us. So he's giving you grace and he's showing you that compassion and love. So why wait to get saved? Why wait to become a part of his family? No, you're not going to be perfect, but you have to understand. You have to accept have to be accepted into this family by accepting Christ into your life. And he gives you that. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. Some people want to wait till I get it right. That's the problem. You're waiting to get it right. You can't get it right without, without God. And when you allow Christ in your life, he's going to put you in the family because he's going to equip you to be able to start to, to walk this walk. And you have to, now you have to make a decision to apply yourself, but it's your decision. You have to make that decision. And God is waiting on somebody today to make that decision, to put their love in God and trust what he says. And I'm about to wrap this thing up and go to the third point. The third point is put your life in obedience to God's will. Now, notice obedience. Obedience is a hard thing to do. Some people say, oh, I, I'm obedient. But are you really in action? We say one thing, but we do another. And we all have to work on that. That's not easy when it comes to God, because something the Lord puts on our heart to do. Honestly, we don't want to do it's just like loving your enemy. It ain't easy to love someone who done did you wrong. It ain't easy to forgive someone who constantly get on your nerves. It ain't easy to put up with folks that lie on you and talk about you and do these other things. It ain't easy to go deal with someone who says, I love you, and they constantly doing wrong by you. It ain't easy to do these things. But God will, will work on you to work to help you sustain you. And sometimes you have to love some folks from a distance. So some folks is you keeping them around and you getting hurt and God telling you, hey, love them from a distance. That just simply means don't let them get too close to your situation. He was loving his, his mother and his brothers from a distance. He was identifying that, hey, these brothers in front of me are my mothers, my brothers, and my sisters because they're, they're, those over there don't believe me yet. They think I done lost my mind. They don't really... They really ain't got it. They've been walking with me. They've been talking with me. They've been, been, been with me and seeing what I can do, but they still don't believe. But these brothers in front of me, they believe me. They, they trust in me. Jeremiah 29 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to, to, proper, to proper you and not to harm you, and plans to give you hope and a future. See, God has a plan for all of us. It's up to us to come to him. And when we're not in his will, we'll never get to that purpose. And that's what Satan doesn't want. He doesn't want you in your purpose. So that's why he don't want you obedient to the word. That's why he don't want you obedient to, to not forsaking yourself with the assembly of all the believers in the, in the community of faith and being in his family. He wants you to be disobedient to God so you don't receive eternal life. And he doesn't want you to receive the abundance of life and blessings that God has for you. But see, the quicker you come to God, the quicker you can get this because he has a plan. Remember, everybody don't plan things for you, but God has a plan for each and every one of us. That's why he gave us all life through a mother and through a father. And you have to thank God for that because that's a blessing to know God has a plan. It's just up to you to decide when you're going to get in that plan for him. First Peter 2 and 15 says this, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. You see, Foolish people are going to always try to lead you back to the foolishness. And see, when you, when you, when you start to transition away from the, the foolishness, then those people who are ignorant and the people think that's a bad word. But no, that just simply means you don't know. 
That's all that means. It's not a it's not a bad word. It's a true word because when you are a sinner and you don't know nothing about God, you're operating in ignorance of what you see and what you do. But once you come to know God, now you can decide you're going to do better or not going to do better. So ignorant is not a bad word. It just simply means you don't know. Some people don't know, but also people want to stay in ignorance because they don't want to know. You should decide, I want to know. I want to be in this family. I want to do it in obedience. I want to do it in the right way. Here in verse 49, in 49 he says, and he stretched out his hands toward his disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. See, you want God to claim you. You want the Lord to claim you when he comes back because he's coming back for the church. He's not coming back for the building. He's talking about the church in you. And when you, you come to know Christ, that's the church. He builds a church within you. Now, when we come together as a community of body, that's, that's, that's us as a Christian, a community of faith coming together to create the assembly. And the power of the Holy Spirit operates and it allows us to worship together. And we're much more powerful that way. But understand, you have the church living in you. And that church means that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ because the church is what? His bride. And so you become his bride individually. And when the church and the local community church, when you go out and you seek a church to become a part of, you become a part of the community of faith. And so that 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 consumes and you become a body. So it's very important that you find a good pastor, a good leader to get under and don't forsake your assembly according to the word of God. And you get saved and you get baptized and you confess your sins and you repent and you do those steps to be in this family because you're doing it in obedience to God more so than man. And don't keep watching man, keep watching what God is doing in your life and surround yourself with people who can help you along the way because obedience is better than sacrifice according to the word of God. And the more obedient you become to the word and the more obedient you become to what the Holy Spirit tells you, the more equipped you will be, the more foundational you'll be, the more you'll be able to save others. And that's what Satan doesn't want. He doesn't want you to become so powerful to where you're a testimony to others because by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you'll start to draw others over to the, to the family of faith. And that's where you become more impactful. That's where Satan doesn't want any of us to be. He wants us to still question. He wants us to still doubt. He wants us to still think that we don't have it, but we got it. We just got to use the Holy Spirit to help us grow stronger so that way we're strengthening by that. And we got to become more obedient because guess what? The flesh still going to rise. Things are still going to happen, but we have to try to stay with God. And then God shows us what it is that we need to do in order to be successful for his glory and his manifestation. And here, John, uh, first uh, John, the first chapter, verse 12 and 13, it says this. But as many as received him to to them, gave he the power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood nor or the will of the flesh nor the will of man but of god you see that's the key to this whole message you have to submit to god to be in this family it ain't about your bloodline it ain't about this or that it's about a relationship through his son jesus christ and here in verse 50 jesus sums it up he says for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother my sister and my mother notices notice what he does here he doesn't leave out the sisters here. Now, they said mother and brothers earlier, but Jesus includes all our sisters. He includes all our brothers. He said, all my sisters, my brothers, and my mothers, that mean the elderly. It, it's everybody. It encompasses. You have to do his will. You have to submit to him in order to be a part of his family. Now, I gave you these points to get you to understand these are the things you have to do in order to be a part of this family. You should want to be, be a part of this family because this is, this is a part of, this, is, this family is a part of the eternal family that will be with God forever and ever in heaven. 
And those other ones who don't come to God, they're going to have a they have to reside in hell because hell, you're going to spend eternity there. And God did not create none of us to go to hell. That's a, simply a choice that you each individual has to make. Now, I got Now, you have to ask your questions. I get ready to close this. Do you trust in the Lord? Do you know that all you have to do is confess, your, confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that he died for your sins? And that's all it takes. So the first thing you need to do if you're not saved is confess your sins and then go down and ask God to come into your heart and say, God, forgive me. And God, I need you as my personal savior. And I trust and believe in the word because over 2000 years ago, Jesus went to this cross, an old rugged cross, and they hung him high. And he stayed on that cross for your sins and my sins. And he died in our place. The earth, the earth rocked. The moon, the sun refused to shine. The moon dripped blood. Nature shut down because Jesus became sin, a person who came as all God and all man, took on this flesh, dealt with our temptations, but he did not sin. So he knows all our temptations. He knows our shortcomings. So he didn't run from it. It's just the reality of it is, is we have to accept the fact that he did that for us. And then he gave up the ghost. But also, he didn't stay dead. He, they took him down. They put him in a bar tomb, according to the word. And on the third day, he got up with all power in heaven and earth. And he took the keys of death away. So death only has a sting now. Because all we do is transition from this life to eternity to be with him. So I pray that you want to become a part of this, this family. And I pray that you understand this is how to be a part of, be a member of God's family. And I pray that you make that decision today and don't wait. And those who are already saved, I pray that this message encourage you to stay on the battlefield for the Lord. So God, may God bless you and may God keep you. Go find a church home if you don't have one because you need to be a part of a, a church family and be equipped. And they should equip you in Bible studies and in prayer, prayer. And then also you have to spend that devotion and prayer time as well. May God bless you and may God keep you. Thank you.